You're listening to the Bulldog Hour, getting you inside the Wilson football program with weekly game previews, recaps, highlights, and interviews. Now, here are your hosts, Joe Mays and Justin Raffoff. Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome to episode 4-9 of the Bulldog Hour. I am your one and only host this evening, Joe Mays, coming from you live from Sinking Spring, Pennsylvania, part of the uh, home of the Bulldogs. Not home to Justin Raffoff this evening, as he is doing his fatherly duties once again. Uh, he was able to get to the game yesterday, which was awesome to have him there and back uh, after missing uh, the playoff game against Red Lion. A uh, week ago, so, uh, you know, the Bulldog Hour crew was back in action yesterday, Saturday, uh, at Severance Field in Harrisburg for Wilson's uh, 12th game of the year, the playoff game against the Harrisburg Cougars, who were uh, number one in the uh, district power ratings, had the number one seed in the playoffs, and uh, looked the part for uh, most of the game. It was a little tough go of it for Wilson, and we'll talk about that briefly here. Probably won't be a very long show uh, without someone to bounce uh, my thoughts and ideas off of, unless people are active in the comments or even want to send an email or contact us uh, in whatever way, especially if uh, you have my number, you can give us a call or even a text, and uh, we can talk some Wilson football. Otherwise, um, you know, we'll keep this short and sweet. It will be the season finale. We'll wrap up episode... uh, 4-9 4-9 will be the end of the 2018 season, the fourth season of the show, but there will be a lot going on for season five for 2019, and that will start pretty early. I would like to have a show every four to six weeks leading up to the football season, and then once August rolls around again, we'll probably be coming at you every week or every other week at the minimum. So, you know, as long as nothing unforeseeable happens like uh, this past season, uh, we were hoping to be, you know, 12, 13, 14 shows in by now, not at 9, but that's just the way it works sometimes. But I, I do appreciate everyone that has helped us out this year and over the years. Um, you know, May's Sandwich Shop sponsor, so, as well as Andy Herr and Matt Cruz, and we also are up to three anonymous sponsors now, which is wonderful. You know, we wish we could, you know, comment on uh, who they are, but they requested that they be left anonymous and uh, we'll respect their wishes but we do appreciate their contributions to the show and uh there's other ways that you can help us while we graciously accept any in-kind donations and sponsorship and advertising opportunities but like justin says spreading the word liking and sharing and just letting people know that we're out here and what we're doing uh we love doing it we hope to continue to do it that's the plan uh, and any little help that can be sent our ways in any fashion, we uh, greatly appreciate. And another one that's definitely something I want to bring up now is the website. Go to BulldogHour.com for a lot of Wilson football information. I will be working on that throughout the off season. hopefully adding another 10 to 20. You know, I'd love to get a decade or two done of the season recaps. If you don't know what I'm talking about, if you go to BulldogHour.com and look under the Wilson football history you'll be able to see uh, season-by-season recaps. Uh, All the 90s are done. That's usually a good place to start. 
that's always my jumping off point because those are the teams that I grew up watching. So it's nice to reminisce about them. Let's see if I can pull this up and just show you what I'm talking about. If you if you guys have no idea what I'm talking about, uh, this will give you a better idea. So let me pull that up here for you. All right, so there's BulldogHour.com. Hopefully you're familiar with it. We put a lot up there. So if you go to Bulldogs History here, you can see a couple options. And the ones that I'm talking about here, you can look at the different seasons. But if you see the 90s, they're all done. Actually, I guess technically the 40s are all done too. So if you're interested at the, how the beginning of the Wilson football program started, when they weren't even the Bulldogs, uh, you can head over to the 40 section, but the 90 section here, you can see 90 through 99 is all here. And, uh, you know, the most famous season from the 90s probably was that 1999 season. And you can see that it has information, statistics, team captains, the banners since they won both section league and the district championship, the week by week results. And then every news article that I could find from the Reading Eagle, just to recap the entire season. So if you ever want to relive anything like that, there are a number of seasons available. And actually, there are a few that I don't even have, such as the uh, Wilson-Lebanon recap from week four. That Reading Eagle version or paper was not available online in any fashion. So if anyone has that, I would love to get my hands on that. Um, but you can see that goes across... The entire season, which was a long, long season because of how strong the team was and how good they were. Uh, and here week 13 is the end. And then you can actually see the playoff brackets, both district and state. And if there was anything after the season, I try to include that as well. Here you can see all Burks coaches of the year and things like that. So, yeah, it's something that... uh I'm enjoying doing it. does take a very long time. It's a lot of work, but it's something I've always wanted to have access to, and I figured I would uh, attempt to do so. So you can see the 40s are all done, and uh, with uh, pictures, captains, week-by-week results, um, and even some of them will have the game footage uh, that I have acquired over the last year. Um, now, the early season games, unfortunately, that 45 papers weren't available as well. Uh, so I might have to hit up a library to try to track those down. But uh, there's a lot of info on BulldogHour.com. For those of you that may not be aware of it, uh, you can definitely learn a lot by going there. Especially that early stuff that people, a lot of people probably don't know much about Wilson football history. Um, but here is a good example. The 1946 season, I think every article from every game is there. You know, for, we're talking over 70 years ago as, uh, well, you know, Wilson just completed their 74th season in 2018. Oh, there's, oh no, that was a bye. So another bye. So yeah, it does look like every article is there from 1946. So that's cool. I hope to add another 10 to 20 years on there. There's plenty to do. Uh, and, uh, my, I'll probably focus on the 2000s and then probably the 80s, try to get like a nice 30-year uh, period here done. That's the goal. So um, other things you can do on here, we do have the, the merchandise store, which I bring up mostly because that's where we sell the 
game film and the game used jerseys. You can also pay your tradition club fees. You can make donations to the program also, or to the show. Um, sometimes we have shirts up here. So you definitely want to uh, check out the uh, the merchandise store on BulldogHour.com as well. So I think that's it about the website, though. Enough of me rambling on about that. But it is a cool place to go if you're into Wilson football history and you want to stay up to date with that. Um, speaking of the fundraisers, remember we are still offering the uh, the game film fun- fundraisers both on DVD or USB digital drives. So you can check that out. All that information is on the website. And the other fundraiser that I mentioned was the game used jersey sales. So you'll definitely want to check those out as well. Hopefully getting another set of red home jerseys that were used through, I believe, the 2013 season. Hopefully, hopefully getting those this spring. So that would be that would be a lot of fun. So, all right, let's talk about the Harrisburg game. So this past Saturday, well, yesterday, uh, November 10th, the Bulldogs traveled to Severance Field at John Harris High School in Harrisburg to take on the number one seed of Harrisburg Cougars. And, uh, well, it didn't exactly go the way that uh, I think we as fans or the players or coaches wanted, but it you know, definitely wasn't unexpected knowing that you were going in against a team that was ranked number one uh, in the uh, the district and had had a solid season to date, only losing in week one against Coatesville. And uh, Coatesville is, I would probably say, the favorite to win the state championship at this point. Uh, they uh, are a very, very strong team and uh, have just been demolishing people through the regular season and in the playoffs. But Harrisburg wasn't that much different other than the loss to Coatesville. Their only real test during the regular season was to Central Dolphin, where they beat the Rams 20-5. to Because Harrisburg vanquished Wilson, they'll get to play Central Dolphin again uh, in the district championship. Central Dolphin beat up on Mannheim Township in their district semifinal game. I believe it was 27 to nothing. So a mid-pen battle for the District 3 6A championship will take place next either Friday or Saturday. I think District 3 was still trying to figure out where they're playing because... Well, what happened while we were on our little uh, flood break was District 3 announced that they would not be holding their district championship games at Hershey Park. Uh, Some people are excited about this, others not so much. You can count me in the latter category as I think it's a huge mistake. Um, You know, you can pin the blame on District 3 or on Hershey Park or, you know, a little bit on both, whatever you want to do. I think despite the shortcomings that Hershey presented, it still was, you know, a destination that teams rallied around. So it's really disappointing that the district championship games are not being played there. And of course, money rules all as we found out when it comes to playoff streaming rights that uh, you got to follow the money for any decisions made pretty much in anything, even when it comes to high school athletics, you always have to follow the money and that'll lead you to the PAAA, District 3, Hershey Park, you know, or Hershey Entertainment Company, whatever they're called. And, uh, well, it's not good for the fans or the players, and those are, those are the people that matter the most, but of course they're the ones that always come up on the short end of things. Uh, but so the game, again, I don't have the video, it wasn't uploaded to Huddle, I didn't have access to it. Um, there wasn't a ton of Wilson highlights to show, and it was, it was a weird game altogether. It just started off very poorly for Wilson, uh, and, you know, they, they started slow, which was, 
exactly what they couldn't afford to do against a team like Harrisburg. They received the opening kickoff, promptly went three and out, and due to uh, uh, the wind, their punt went almost nowhere. Harrisburg had it within the 30, in the with inside the 25, you know, close to the red zone, maybe even within the red zone, and quickly scored. They decided to not attempt any kicks and go for two-point conversions. They got that. They went up 8 nothing. On Wilson's next series, uh, there was a interception, return for a touchdown, the pick six after a, a you know a deflected pass, picked off, taken back, two point conversion, good. All of a sudden, Harrisburg's up sixteen nothing, and just a few minutes into the game, and you knew it was going to be very very tough for Wilson to dig out of that. Well, then on the ensuing kickoff, the return was fumbled. Harrisburg got the ball and eventually scored to go up twenty four to nothing. And, you know, when you start off like that, it's it's really tough to get yourself out of that deficit, especially against a team that's as dynamic as Harrisburg is. A lot of flash, um, very, very talented, very, very athletic, and that was on full display during the game. Now, there were at times that the Wilson defense definitely got into the face of Everson Kane, Kane Everson. Why do I, I don't I always do that. I always flip it. I don't know why. Um, you know, and they, they were able to uh, stifle him a little bit. Uh, he also made some excellent, excellent throws on the run. He got away out of sacks or losses multiple, multiple times. Uh, he's the real deal. You know, he's going to be playing at Army, so you know that uh, he's, you know, everything you'd want in a, in a high school quarterback. Uh, he's the total package, and he, that was full on display yesterday uh, in Harrisburg. So 24 nothing. Wilson looked like they had some life, drove down the field with some nifty power running from Avanti Lockhart and a couple key passes as well. They got down to a, a basically the half-inch line and unfortunately went backwards from there and never could punch it in. So, you know, it could have been a completely different game if Wilson scores there to cut the to lead to, you know, whatever it would have been, 24 to 6, 24 to 7, whatever. But Harrisburg uh stopped Wilson and eventually they would drive down the field and score again to go up 30 nothing and that's where it was at halftime 30 nothing favor uh the Cougars now Wilson came out in the second half hope, hoping to get some momentum they didn't get it quite uh, immediately as they probably hoped but they did eventually score to get it to 30 to 6 unfortunately Harrisburg would score again to get it 36 to 6 and that was actually after Wilson recovered an onside kick uh, but I believe the next play was an interception for the Cougars. So Wilson wasn't able to capitalize on that onside recovery. Harrisburg went up 36 to 6. Wilson did score late in the fourth quarter to make it 36 to 12. Harrisburg did try to keep scoring, score again, and they kept their starters in. I'm not, you know, I'm not complaining about them attempting to romp to score or anything like that. I, what they were doing doesn't bother me, but from a coaching standpoint, I was just surprised they kept some of those guys in with the game well in hand. Uh, just fearful that what would happen if one of them would get hurt. Um, you know, when you're up 24 points with a few minutes to play, it's just a surprise to see some of those, some of your go-to guys. And they had a, a lot of them, a couple of good running back and receivers, the quarterback, and then a few defensive studs. And they all seemed to stay in there most of the game uh, when it was completely out of reach. So a little bit of surprise there. Uh, but Wilson was able to keep him out of the end zone to keep it the 36 to 12 score. That was the final, uh, you know, the most disappointing thing other than 
the loss is seeing the the seniors so disappointed for their high school career to come to an end. You know, it's tough to see those guys getting emotional, especially ones that I've known for a long time, ha- having coached uh, you know about half the the seniors at West uh, four years ago. A lot of them I've known since then or even before then. So seeing that, knowing that they won't be wearing the uh, the Wilson jersey and bulldog helmet anymore is a is, is a tough one for uh, for them to swallow. So. You know, we we thank all those seniors for their uh, commitment over the last few years and wish them well in the future. And I'll have more stuff posted on uh, the Wilson Football Facebook page and on Bulldog Hour uh, in celebration of the the senior class and their uh, their final uh, season as Wilson football players. But I do want to mention um, those guys because, you know, they fought till the end and they could have easily just stopped immediately yesterday when they went down 24 nothing, That could have been very easily become a huge blowout where you're talking in the 50s or 60s, but the guys keep playing, and no, that's, uh, that shows a lot of character from them. And also, uh, you know, the, the future is bright. You know, I, I know a lot of the Wilson diehards or even some skeptics of the program are looking at the back-to-back eight and four seasons and thinking, you know, what's wrong at Wilson, but nearly anywhere else in the state, probably in the country, if you would say you're disappointed with back-to-back eight and eight seasons, you know that program is top shelf. When when you have a team that goes eight and four back-to-back years and still manage to win a share of a league title, and that is a huge disappointment to some people, you know that you're in rare air. And that's where Wilson is. I mean, you look at the last 13 seasons, and for eight and four to be uh, the worst that you've done, well, that just tells you what kind of program Wilson has evolved into uh, and has been doing so for the better part of, what, half a century. Uh, we're talking now over 50 years, and it just keeps getting better. So there's going to be hiccups along the way. But again, if those hiccups are 8-4s and fours and sharing a league title, there's many teams that would take that. And I think sometimes people get a little bit more down than they need to be because the future is always bright and it's always uh, fun looking ahead to the next year once a season ends. We're not going to do too much of that tonight. I'll touch on it a little bit. Last year I was able to debut the uh, schedule for th- this season that just finished, which was fun because there were going to be a lot of changes. It was a new two-year cycle. There was a new alignment in the Lancaster Lebanon League, potential for non-league games to change. We also had the announcement of the gridiron classic which came just after the season finale of the bulldog hour last year but i had been alluding to it for uh, the last month this year though not a lot to talk about when it comes to the 2019 schedule because well it's the second part of a two-year cycle so essentially all you're going to take is the the home games make them away the away games make them home there's a chance for there to be a minor shakeup due to some uh, behind the scenes roster complications, but until I get official word of that, if it even happens, we're not going to talk about it. So just know that Wilson will start the 2019 season at home at Gursky against Central Dolphin, who could very well be the defending District 3 champions. That'll kick off the 2019 season. I believe that'll be August 23rd. So uh, then a week later will be the Mifflin game. That'll be at Governor Mifflin next year. Then week three, scheduled to be at Springford before finishing off the nine-league schedule. Week four, 
against Mannheim Central. So the first two Wilson home games in 2019 are Central Dolphin and Mannheim Central. Now, if that doesn't get the crowds, I'm not really sure what will. The only thing that would make a better Gursky Stadium schedule is if it was, the Mifflin game was at home as well. So if you want to see an incredible uh, Wilson home schedule, next year is the year to do it. Central Dolphin and Mannheim Central are the first two. Then, as league play opens, we'll go to Penn Manor in Week 5, which will be the opening of Lancaster Lebanon League Section 1 play. Then we will have Mannheim Township at home. We'll follow that by a trip to Hempfield, but then Warwick at home. So your your first four home games are Central Dolphin, Mannheim Central, Mannheim Township, and Warwick. And after 2018, I think you you'll probably say, oh wait, three of those four games were losses this year, and now we get those guys at home. So it's the schedule sets up pretty well for for Wilson. After the Warwick game. We will go to Cedarcrest before finishing up the season hosting McCaskey. So, again, very strong home schedule for Wilson next year. The road games, hopefully not as difficult, but we like we mentioned, you know, Cedarcrest are, are a bunch of gamers. Now they are losing Horn at quarterback. Again, Penn Manor was very, very young this year. They're returning a ton of talent. We got to go to Millersville for the first time in a few years next year. Also, uh, have to go to Hempfield. That that can be a tough place for Wilson to play, at least historically speaking. But um, the the home schedule looks really really strong. And then talking about the players coming back, well, the one that I've been talking about mostly with uh, the current players, coaches, and and with Justin here on the show is the defense. You know, when when Nick Johnson went down with injury, with the way things played out with the rotation and who came in and where, who played when, the defense, for the majority of the time, the way you can look at it, was that 8 of the 11 starters are underclassmen. Now, the biggest losses are going to be Greg Smith, inside linebacker, and then the cornerbacks, Isaiah Gilmore. Uh, Well, and Connor Cook didn't play most of the year until the last two weeks. Um, but he was going to be a big contributor this year that they didn't get to utilize for uh, the majority of the season. But he will be graduating moving on. Uh, but then the other senior starter that they're losing is uh, outside linebacker Cam Maglotti. So three spots that have to be replaced. Odds are they're going to be done probably with some guys that saw the field a lot this year. Um, I, probably biggest question marks for me right now is what's going to happen at inside linebacker. Uh, I know Junior Coper um, was – a big player there this year, especially after the Nick Johnson injury. He'll be back next year inside, so I expect to see him have one of those spots. The other one, possibly up for grabs, maybe not. I don't know. We saw Avanti play there. Avanti Lockhart, the junior linebacker running back. He could also possibly play outside and take Magalati's spot. There's a, supposed, there's a few guys that could end up playing outside. So a lot of things up in the air. Um, one of the nice things, potential changes, is having – um, some speed off the edge next year. I think uh, Ethan Capitano has played himself into a starting position more than likely, especially with another solid offseason. Uh, that kid's tough as nails and grinds as hard as anyone. He will be ready to go next year as a junior for sure. I mean, he was essentially a starter here against Harrisburg, so that says a lot about his uh, maturity and progress. And he has um, 
high hopes and big dreams, and I expect him to make significant contributions the next two seasons. Opposite him could be Adrian Santana. You know, we saw him play a little bit linebacker, but they moved him more to a defensive line rush specialist towards the end of the year. He could be the other bookend, again, some underclassmen stepping up. And that allows you to uh, rotate your defensive linemen, your interior guys, which will be great. You know, the returners are very strong in Jeff Colson, uh, Jean Ventura. And then you can throw in Adam Venino and Nate Keller. And you've got a nice rotation there along the defensive line. And, uh, you know, we even talk about having Matt Fry and Troy Corson back. And there's a bunch of other underclassmen uh, that are returning that have seen some significant time. Uh, Nate Hoekstra, you know, starter at outside linebacker, didn't mention him at all, but, you know, he's back as well. So, you know, there's a lot of talent there, a lot of possibilities on that side of the ball. Another offseason in the system, in the weight room. And, uh, you know, we saw what the defense could do at times this year. They were tough to penetrate. Those first three quarters at Mannheim Central were some of the best that I've seen a team play. You know, they bottled up Simon and Flick, two of the better, that's one of the best quarterback running back duos in the state, and they held them in check until they just gave way. Uh, let's flip it over to offense, though. Obviously, we're losing the quarterback again. Uh, Anthony Futrick moves on. Uh, Cameron Heckman also moves on. What's going to happen there? I didn't mention my defense, but uh, if he if he doesn't play quarterback next year, Caleb Brown will be a cornerback starter after playing the entire season as a sophomore. He could be in the quarterback conversation, though, and if he does play quarterback, I highly doubt he's going to get the chance to also play cornerback. We see other teams do it all the time. Harrisburg did it with uh, Everson yesterday. Um, Horn also played both ways for Cedarcrest, but Wilson does not historically allow their quarterbacks to play both ways if he should end up being the quarterback. Uh, if it's not him, uh, bets would be on rising junior, you know, 2B senior Nick Williams. And then there's a slew of sophomores, 2B juniors behind him uh, that could step up um, among them, uh, Moseman and um, Powers. Well, I just couldn't, couldn't think of uh, the names off the top of my head, but those are the two um, possibilities there as well. The team went without a tight end most of the year once Nick Johnson went down, so it's tough to say who will step up there. Uh, but they ha do have some size in Stephen Crump at the position, so we could see him take over that role as the tight end. Lyman, I mentioned a few that will be back on defense where they also play on offense, and that's Keller, Venino, and Coper. We've seen John Ventura have time there as well. Uh, so there's a chance that they can slide out one of those guys to tackle to replace the departing Mike Klein and Ryan Silvius. Those are the two offensive line spots that have to be fixed this year again. After uh, replacing the tackles last year, they were got to replace them again next, next year. Wide receiver, most of them are back. Matt Fry, Troy Corson, Brady Gibble, who had an incredible year, really burst on the scene. You could see that over the summer if you were paying attention during seven-on-sevens and, and camp and uh, – preseason work that wasn't that much of a surprise uh to to people that were uh were there over the summer but i definitely think it cost the media members by surprise for sure uh, all back so a lot of talent on wide receiver now we do lose elijah morales who had an, a stellar stellar year running back he was the the you know the, the prototypical senior who just waits his turn and then when he comes on the scene he really explodes and you know, a thousand plus yard rushing season, multiple multi touchdown games, did way more than I think plenty of people expected. Avante Lockhart will be back in that power running game. 
that worked at times against Harrisburg yesterday. So that is a, a strong strong point of uh, contention for the possibility of a uh, offensive renaissance next year. Also coming back will be AJ Futrick, and I think uh, the possibility of seeing Mason Leonard um, is pretty high. So, you know, a lot of guys back. 2019 shaping up to be a you know another solid year. I wouldn't expect it anything to go backwards. So I think uh, Wilson is set up for the future, both in 2019 and uh, 2020 as well. We're not going to go any farther than that because that's there's so much that can change in, in one year, let alone two years. Uh, but 2019 and 2020 definitely uh, should be solid, solid years for Wilson. If a few things fall the right way, you know they can stay healthy, which has been a difficult thing for them the last two years. You, you never know what can happen, but definitely a lot of talent there. Uh, at this moment, obviously, it's too early to talk about uh, the coaching staff. I don't expect there to be any changes, but I said the same thing last year, and Coach Brubaker retired, uh, and Coach Lorchak came in to replace him. So whenever I find out about that, I will pass that along. We'll have the banquet in about a month to give the seniors their jackets, which is always a fun and emotional time. I'll be taking pictures and posting them on the page. You can uh, stay up to date on that. Uh, congratulations to the team elected captains, which I believe Coach Doms mentioned yesterday were Isaiah Gilmore, Nick Johnson, and Mike Klein. So congratulations to those for representing the 2018 team in the uh, Wilson football program history. I think just a couple more things before I go. I haven't been checking the comments if anyone has jumped in here recently. Let's see if I can pull anything up. <laughs> no, just just a thank you. Well, thank you for thanking me. I I do this because I love it. It's a lot of fun. I hope to always do it bigger and better every year. That's always the goal. And uh, the more help I get from the the players, coaches, school, and the other other um, you know big time media members makes uh, the show better, the coverage better, and the program ultimately better in the eyes of uh, the local community and the state. You know, we've got exposure with PAFootballNews.com now, which is great, and look forward to bigger and better things from them next year. Hopefully, the PIAA and really District Three. Um, decide to get with the times and kind of adjust to the way they do things because I don't think the way the playoff streaming stuff went down or the way they cover the sports in general is the best. Uh, they need to allow Rod Frisco to do his thing because he is really, really good at what he does, and I think they've kind of handcuffed him. So they need to let him go and allow the teams to kind of do their thing while they get compensated for not really having to do all that much in terms of the, the streaming. Um, last two things before we go. Um, happy Veterans Day. Thank you to all the veterans, um, you know, past, present, future, anyone that has helped uh, helped our country uh, serve in the military. Everything's appreciated. I know I didn't get to post anything on the pages or social media today, but I definitely wanted to thank everyone uh, that is a veteran and has served our country over the many, many decades now here. I guess it originated as Armistice Day, and it's a hundred years since the end of World War One. So I know a lot of people don't always know where these holidays come from, but Armistice 
Day was celebrated for the first time in 1919, I believe, uh, one year after the end of the war, and it became a national holiday, I think, in like 1954. Uh, it was actually it was changed to Veterans Day, I believe, in 1954. But uh, yes, thank you to all the veterans out there, and also. Um, if you haven't noticed the post on social media from from me on the various Wilson accounts, uh, hopefully you have seen uh, it from the other schools and other uh, sports communities. But um, Anthony Myers, a, a sophomore player for Berks Catholic, was diagnosed with a stage three um, brain tumor, and they have started a Team17Strong.com, a website that you can go to learn more about. Anthony and his battle, and also support him through a GoFundMe or a store. And you can see I'm wearing the shirt from uh, Anthony's uh, campaign, The 17 Strong is there, a rallying cry. And I noticed that they have gotten a few Philadelphia sports personalities on board, J.J. Redick, and uh, I believe it was one of the Eagles wide receivers, and now I can't remember off the top of my head. Oh, I think it was Alshon Jeffrey. So um, they also have a fundraiser coming up for him next Saturday at the Neat Planetarium at the Redding Museum. So, um, you know, keep Anthony in your thoughts and prayers and support him in any way you can. You know, this is, you know, I know Wilson and Burks Catholic don't historically, you know, always see eye to eye for various things, especially when it comes to the fans. I'm not sure it exists so much through the, as the players or coaches as it does the fans. Uh, as you can see last week, a bunch of Wilson players went to see uh, the Burks Catholic game with Abdul, if you are not paying attention to that. But, uh, you know, I was like, all of that gets set aside when it comes to uh, something outside of football, especially something like this. So um, check out Team17Strong.com and support Anthony and his uh, his battle and also uh, support him and Burks Catholic as they continue on in the playoffs. Also, Conrad Weiser moving on in the playoffs last night with an overtime victory. They get to take on Bishop McDevitt as well. And hey, they beat Bishop McDevitt. There's a good chance they and Burks Catholic could play for the uh, District 3 4A title, which uh, would be awesome for Berks County football. It's always nice to support the home team, even without Wilson technically in the Berks League. You know, we're still Berks County, and we always want to see Berks County football succeed. So definitely be cheering for Berks County and Conard Weiser here as their seasons continue next week. But I think that's pretty much it for me. I rambled on enough. Again, a lot of the Bulldog Hour stuff will be back and better than ever in 2019. Hopefully January or February we'll have a show. I also want to start the My Wilson Football Story aspect of the podcast. That'll be made available. I want to interview past coaches, players, and other people important to the program and just kind of release um, how they got involved with Wilson Football and you know what their experience was in the years that they've done so. Some of the, obviously the people I want to talk to are still with the program, but others have moved on, but are still big names when it comes to Wilson football. So I'll be reaching out to them, uh, to, uh, see if they'll sit down with me and talk for, you know, half an hour, hour about their Wilson football experience. You can check that out at mywilsonfootballstory.com. And the last thing I mean at this time, like I said, 2019 is going to be huge. 75th season of the program. I know, um, Mike Drago and the Redding Eagle are definitely going to be covering that pretty strongly. It, the, the Warwick home game in the second week in October, the second Friday, I think it's the 11th, will be the Tradition Club's uh, team reunion event. And we're going to be welcoming back, I think it's six teams celebrating big anniversaries, uh, 1969, 1979, 
1999, and 2009 are all banner teams for the Bulldogs, and we'll be extending invitations to them over the summer to invite them back for the 75th season celebration. And then there's a big event that's coming together the day after that, that Saturday, October, I think it's October 12th, and uh, more information on that will be coming in the next few months. But again, stay tuned, make sure you're uh, like all the Facebook pages, you follow the Twitter accounts, Instagram accounts, and you watch the Bulldog Hour for all of that information. But I think that's it. So thanks to the 2018 Wilson football team, the coaches, the staff, and the family, and the fans. I appreciate it. We'll be back in a few months to start the 2019 season off with a bang. So until next time, for Justin Raffoff, I'm Joe Mays, and the entire Wilson football pro- program. Don't forget, go Bulldogs. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Bulldog Hour. Want more Wilson football? Follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. Or visit www.bulldoghour.com. The Bulldog Hour is a feature program on jmnjrradio.com.